November 20th, 2023. I'm Mac Jones, and this is the Field of Broken Dreams. Good evening. The November 20th special meeting of the Evans City Council will come to order. Would the clerk please take the roll? Councilmember Kelly? Here. Councilmember Harris? Present. Councilmember Wynn? Here. Councilmember Newsma? Here. Councilmember Burns? Um, he's not online yet. Councilmember Sufferton? Here. Councilmember Ravel? Here. Councilmember Reed? Here. Mayor Biss? Here. Uh, we have a quorum present and are prepared to do our work for the evening. Uh, the first item on the agenda is public comment. Uh, this evening we have somewhat in excess of 60 individuals who have requested to give public comment. Uh, so uh, everyone will be given 45 seconds. The next speaker is David DiCarlo, who will be followed by Ken Prosky. Members of the City Council, tonight isn't about a stadium or concerts. Tonight is about whether this is the kind of city that follows its own laws, that recognizes two protest petitions that were duly filed by residents, that adheres to its own voting requirements, and that listens to its experts on the Land Use Commission and in the community. You, our elected officials, are effectively giving up our ability to change the zoning, and you're setting a precedent that any billionaire or powerful institution can divide the city council. That's more than selling zoning, that's mortgaging our future. Thank you very much. The next speaker is Ken Prosky. I served on the uh, stadium working group for nearly a year. Northwestern requested input from neighbors and expressed hope that our group could improve community trust. I formally surveyed nearly 100 households on the east side of the stadium, and I shared the results. The highest priority was to build a collegiate football stadium, not a commercial entertainment facility. Six months later, Northwestern announced their plans. Basically, they ignored our input, and they're doing what they wanted anyway. Looking back, it reminds me of the Land Use Commission decision, which denied approval of the zoning amendment because it didn't meet the approval standards. Despite the, the, the best efforts at citizen participation in a democratic process, a few individuals and a wealthy institution can undermine the process and ignore input and government standards. 
from my perspective, so much for building trust in our government institutions. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Judy Berg. I'm a resident within 500 feet of Ryan Field. I too, like Ken Prosky, served on the working committee. Um, we were used in the press. Um, Northwestern said, we're working with the neighbors. That was us, that was the working group. We were not represented and often lied to. My point here is that once you change a zoning law, a precedent is set, a foot is in the door, and all of the wards are gonna to have to contend with this. Please, vote no to rezoning. Thank you. The next speaker is Fiona McCarthy. If you have any question as to NU's plans, all you need to do is look at the construction vehicles currently lined up in their parking lot. It has been two days since their final football game. NU wants to start this project immediately. If you think that by separating the financial benefits from the zoning and you will walk away, you are wrong. If you think that waiting to approve the zoning change until after the stadium is built so that the sound systems can be tested to determine the impact of the surrounding neighborhoods will make NU walk away, you are wrong. Why are you so anxious to approve a permanent zoning change that the Land Use Commission and residents overwhelmingly disapprove of? Why would you consider it a win to approve of insufficient benefits package that expires when the zoning change is permanent? The next speaker is Andy Berman. Uh, good evening. This being Blue Evanston, I'm sure most people here were outraged as I was when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. 50 years of precedent, well-reasoned. Well, it occurred to me that city councils here have for 50 years, more than 50 years, every time Evan, uh, Northwestern's come in here and tried to monetize their tax-exempt piece of property sitting in the middle of a residential neighborhood, every city council has stopped them from doing it. You folks are about to overturn more than 50 years of precedent. I think the analogy fits. Think carefully what you're doing. Thank you. Evie Russell, I will use my time for a moment of silence to commemorate the death of our neighborhood at the hands of the Evanston City Council who failed to protect it. Councilmember Kelly. I did submit um, an amendment to require indemnification, which I will send to everybody now um, regarding indemnification. Um, I'd like to ask that we add that um, Northwestern shall indemnify, defend, and hold harmless the city, its agents, officers, employees against all liabilities, losses, judgments, costs, settlements and expenses including attorney's fees for claims against the city arising out of or related to this memorandum of understanding. Councilmember Burns. Even though Evanston will permit certain activities, it does not then transfer liability unto the city for actions of businesses. For example, even though the city provides liquor licenses, we're not liable for uh, over by a restaurant or a DUI by someone who is over-served. Okay. 
So with that being in mind, I think in order to support the amendment, what can you provide a scenario where what was just provided would not address it? That's what I would want to know. So, um, you know, when you enter into a contract, the idea is that you want to avoid legal proceedings. So why we would leave ourselves open, even if, again, even if we were to win or go to court, the point is it's not going to be free. So I think we should have, you know, we should have everything that I've listed there. For example, if the sound um, exceeds limits or there's damage to the neighborhoods, because right now, have you seen, um, have you actually read the... Uh, Event insurance. Has anybody here read through the event insurance? So I think Especially we'll, we'll, event insurance, because that's what we're relying we'll on. Would be helpful for that. My, yeah. and I'm just asking you a question. Have well, you read well, through so, so the just, just, for my question? Just if both of you could just. I, I so, have the floor, right? so I just want to, be, I want to say that. Okay. <laughs> so Councilmember Burns has the floor. He asked you a question, but if whenever he wants to reclaim the floor. What, right. would be, what would be helpful to me is if you could one by one say scenarios that you think are not covered. Yeah. And then my question to our council, both in-house and outside, is do they believe it's covered? And if it's not, to me, that's the strongest argument for what you're trying to do, and I can get behind it. Okay, so there are myriad. I'm not going to begin. Could you do, uh, point, could yeah, you do a no, few? No, I'm sorry. Could you do the um, main point three? Point of order, I will simply say that I, well, that I, that I think Council we are relying. does have the floor. You, you're, you're in line to speak again. Yes, and, and, if, question, and, and if Council Kelly that, is unwilling to, to, no, to, to answer it, I'll go to Council uh, I'm sure Rebell. the folks in this room could probably give me a thousand things that could come up. Um, but we've reviewed we, most of those because we've forwarded those. No, we're relying on the insurance for the special event, and I'm council. asking if anybody here has even read the special event insurance yet. Right, Councilmember Burns has the floor. All I'm saying is, is Councilmember Vell, because you seconded, or Councilmember Kelly, if you could provide a specific scenario, even just the top two or three, and then okay, that we violated that we violated our own code here. In, in these procedures that we violated our code, that this, in fact, does turn out to be, for example, a MAP amendment, which I think it is, based on being a sole district and based, based on substantially changing um, the U2 district as defined, the use and everything else, for example, we could be taken to court for violating code for due, lack of due process. They'll line up to pound us, but we, have we quantified the potential pounding? I mean, I would imagine that we'll met for example, will be in line to sue us. I imagine there'll be a bunch of close-by neighbors um, without getting into the validity of their cases. Like, do we have a budget set aside for defending those lawsuits, and where is that money going to come from? So, <clears throat> Council Member Sufferton, so the city of Evanston in general has an um, insurance fund. So we have an insurance fund where we pay outside legal fees, where we pay any settlement um, of litigation, and that comes out of it. So there is a budgeted amount for litigation that comes in. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess, are you, I'm going to call for the vote at this time. Um, will the clerk please call the roll? And the motion before us is on ordinance 107-0-23, as has been amended a few times this evening. Councilmember Kelly. So in principle, it should be a boost. It should be a huge, um, it, you know, uh, a, it should be a financial um, support for our city in a much bigger way than it is. I think, I think what we also need to acknowledge is that for Northwestern, for its employees, for its faculty, and mostly for its students, maintaining the stability of this town and the charm of this town is important. It'd be very easy to turn it into sort of a strip mall city 
you know, close your champagne or something like that. It's very easy to do that. I do care deeply about this city. I think it has an amazing population. It's amazing in itself because of Northwestern. That's part of what makes it so fabulous, but it's also on the lake and next to Chicago. So, you know, I, I think Evanston should re, should remain a place that's accessible to middle-income people, to lower-income people, and not become a city that's just, you know, rarefied for the wealthy with strip malls and maybe a few pockets of, you know, just sort of institutionalized places for low income. I think that all the concerns are completely legitimate, and we can't, there's no way to, to, you know, there's nothing to show that they aren't, because we don't have any other, we don't, no one else has done this. Uh, or there, I think it was California, too. There was one, um, where was it, in um, in Englewood, where they, but it was way out, removed, in an area that was, you know, needed development. Like, that made sense. That's where they did that. They built that huge entertainment complex was in an area where there wasn't any, where it was somewhat, I guess, desolate. And they did that, and then it started to create development. Well, that's not the case here. And that was, that was how to do that, you know, if Northwestern wants to do this truly, I mean, maybe it should have considered it its own campus. Um, so it's a, it's a big ask. Councilmember Kelly? No. Councilmember Harris? I thought it was innovative. I thought it was really neat that they could find a benefactor to pay for that. Sometimes that comes on the backs of the cities and the students at the institution. But I knew that it was going to have to come to the council for discussion and um, that the residents were really going to have to weigh in. I was kind of nervous about what does that mean? This is a big, this is big in the city. You know, we're, we're very vocal, which I think is good with our opinions. I knew this was going to be an interesting discussion between the city um, and Northwestern. I think people just, their um, way of life, what does that mean for them? What is traffic? Are we able to get to and from? Is, is it going to damage the infrastructure? Is it going to be loud? Um, we got one other day, they have young kids and they're worried about the increase in traffic and um, what that might mean for the students, their kids, as far as being safe. I'm, I'm excited for whatever um, comes of this, and then how do we move forward? I think, you know, whatever whatever we decide to do, how we move forward and make it successful for everybody and not try to... Um, Sometimes people, when they don't get what they want, then they want to demolish what the other person has. And I hope either way, if Northwestern doesn't really get what they want, they don't try to destroy the city. And that the city and residents, if they get what they don't, if they don't get what they want, that they don't then bash Northwest. I just think we figure it out and we move collectively together to be successful. Councilmember Harris? Yes. Councilmember Wynn? Um, I, I'd like to make a statement on serious concern about the idea that we would be selling zoning. Uh, so in that sense, I did not participate in negotiations. But when we have gotten some questions over the last week, 
I also relayed those to Council Ruggie and relayed answers back. Uh, but I can't support the, the um, SB3, uh, and I, my concerns are twofold. Um, first is procedural, and the other is substantive. And I think as we've d been discussing tonight here, uh, we've are, we are touching on some of these issues, the procedural issue. This is approximately a $160 million deal. And any deal of that magnitude, and any deal of that magnitude would take months and months to negotiate. And that has not happened here. Um, this has been rushed on the part of Evanston. Uh, we have not had enough time for our corporation counsel and our outside counsel to really provide guidance to us in these, in this short time. You can see it's happening during this meeting. Uh, that should have happened already. Um, so because we haven't done that, we've already had some of the issues that are in this agreement that are potential landmines pointed out to us. And those things are going to be there and cause us problems uh, in the years to come. And what we should have had is enough time to come to a real mutual agreement on these things and iron all of these things out. But from a substantive point of view, um, I also am troubled by this. Um, as we've heard, this $160 million is not new money. Um, some of it's been detailed to us about what is new money, but it's not as much money as, as has been um, in all of the headlines. But the most important issue here is that we're entering into this obligation in perpetuity, and Northwestern is only providing us with 15 years of these of this new money. Councilmember Wynn? No. Councilmember Newsma? And so this is an opportunity for them to catch up and you know do the right thing in Evanston and uh, you know, allow us to move forward in a, in a partnership that is really gonna be best for everybody. Because at some level, what's good for Northwestern is good for Evanston. And, and what's good for Evanston is good for Northwestern. And so I want to focus on ways uh, that we can, you know, kind of leverage our synergies. If I don't want to sound too consultanty in those terms, but look, look for look for ways to ask Northwestern to spend their money that benefits both the community and the university. The question, if there is a controversy, it's on uh, on. First, should any concerts be allowed? And it's, you, know, you live in the third ward, you're in the fourth ward. Is there going to be a direct impact on the residents of the fourth ward? Not really. Some fourth ward residents are, you know, are um, you know, just among those Evanstonians who, you know, feel that Northwestern has uh, mistreated and, and disrespectfully dealt with the city for decades and are opposed to concerts on that basis. Uh, some folks in the fourth ward are very supportive of concerts. It will bring economic development and increased vitality to the entire community. Uh, if not the fourth ward directly, yeah. the neighborhoods. Uh, but I also represent businesses, both in uh, both in downtown and uh, on Main Street, and 
in general, the business community is supportive, not animously so, uh, but especially downtown, we need to do whatever we can to you know, help uh, reinvent ourselves in a post-COVID economy and bringing more people into downtown. I mean, Northwestern is part of Evanston. Again, Evanston is part of Northwestern. So you, we can't, we can't separate the two. It's like Evanston wouldn't, we wouldn't be who we are without Northwestern. And frankly, they were here first as they, uh, you know, as some people like to point out from time to time. Um, and so they're, like, we're inextricably linked. You know, we are bound together in this partnership that has had its ebbs and flows over the years. And I think you know, we have the opportunity in front of us to, you know, forge a, a new future in a, you know, really mutually respectful, collaborative, and positive partnership because we do have so much to offer each other. Councilmember Newsma? Aye. Councilmember Burns? Yeah, I, I don't think... Um even people who oppose this truly will want this council, an elected body, to become a rubber stamp um, from any unelected body in the city of Evanston. And in fact, that's consistent with what I hear on in, in every other issue that comes up, is how we don't want unelected members of this organization to um, uh, to, to to be um, making decisions that that uh, that council is bound by. But again, when it comes to something that people don't agree with, all of a sudden the game changes, right? And this is a perfect example of that. Um, I'm going to remain consistent and say I do not want any committee, commission, unelected, um, that we become a, a rubber stamp for that committee or commission. We certainly should be informed by it, right, but we should not be bound by any of those decisions. And I truly believe um, that is what most community members, if not even the people who oppose this, if they were to deeply reflect on that question and set aside their own points of view on this, uh, on this particular matter, I think they would agree with that. Uh, the land use is, uh, commission has has uh, provided um, some conditions, and this council has spent again uh, made a lot of effort uh, with being informed by uh, uh, by uh, public input um, to make sure that we have adequate um, conditions to, uh, to to make sure that that standard is met in terms of B whether the proposed amendment is compatible with the overall character of existing development in the immediate vicinity of the subject pro property. Councilmember Burns? Aye. Councilmember Sufford? Their non-conference schedule is usually kind of bogus. Yeah. And, um, and then when you get to the Big Ten schedule, like depending on the opponents, like, you know, the, that's, that's really what dictates the like vibe in the stadium. And I think that's one of the things they're trying to um, like counteract by having a reduced capacity. Um, you know, some of the things they're doing. Uh, and that's really like the big thing with this proposal, man. It's everything they're doing is in their direct best interest. They're trying to sell it as if they're doing us a favor by doing it. Like, if you guys want to renovate your stadium, like, go right on ahead. The issue comes when they try and use that as an opportunity to extract more benefits from the city. And then, you know, like I've used this example, but like if I want to renovate my kitchen uh, and I go to apply for permits, I say, but you know what the thing is, in order to make this renovation happen, I need to be able to run a restaurant out of here. 
the city would say no. But like with Northwestern, they're like, hey, in order to do this, we have to have 10 concerts. I mean, go that shit. Any, any resident of the city that trying to pull that shit. Because I've seen like references to it, but I haven't seen the primary document. You know, like in 1926, when they like named it Dyke Stadium, proclamation from the university was like, this will always and forever be. So it's just like an example. I mean, it's a minor, but it's just like, they're full of shit. They've been shit since the start. <laughs> like, and I, like, I'm like personal friends with Dave Davis. Like, I, in my life, he's like one of my 10 favorite people. But, um, you know, this video of him two years ago at a council meeting saying that Northwestern wasn't going to come back looking to do concerts at Ryan Field. They got cut. Like, so, like, they're, they're just, they're not to be trusted. Councilmember Sufferton? No. Councilmember Ravel? Um, well, so I worked closely with the neighbors, try to, uh, because Northwestern needed a zoning text amendment to be able to have the concerts at Welsh Ryan River, and the neighbors were very much opposed, and, um, and so I worked with them to, to try to stop that from being approved. And during that, during that time, I learned a lot about basically the whole history of, um, at m multiple attempts by to com have commercial activities at the, the stadium area and the neighbors' opposition and the city's the city the city declined all the way up until 20, 2019. Then finally, suddenly there was it was I think it was a it was a close like five to four vote on the city council, um, but nonetheless the council did finally agree to to the Wella pilot project of two years of concerts. Um, but up, up until then, the council had always rejected the Northwestern's attempts. I have not seen a, a really realistic plan for how the traffic and the crowds are going to be managed for, for the concerts. Um, I mean, there's Northwestern talks about shuttle buses and people are going to use um, public transportation and, um, and, and I'm sure to a certain extent they will, but I, 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 I've not really seen, they're, they're saying a full capacity concert at, at the stadium is 28,500 people mm -hmm. because you've got the stage and yep. it's, it's not all 35,000. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, how many, I'd like to see them pr project, well, how many of those 28,500 people are going to come in shuttle buses? Mm -hmm. So how many shuttle buses are there going to be? Are they going to be polluting diesel-powered buses? Or are they going to be electric buses? And then, you know, and so how, you know, what's what's going to be the impact of just getting all those people to the stadium? And then when the concert, are they all going to try to leave at the same time? They are a nonprofit. They are an educational institution, and yet now they're going to be engaging in commercial activities totally unrelated to their educational mission, and that that's another reason that this is not a good idea. Councilmember Ravel? No. Councilmember Reed? The Central Street just is not, uh, that area will never be Wrigleyville. Uh, it's not cool enough. <laughs> that area will not be Wrigleyville, particularly because, you know, just uh, simply the, uh, you know, there aren't a ton of businesses directly adjacent to the field. It just doesn't have the, the infrastructure and the bones to, uh, you know, uh, become a Wrigleyville. 
Um, and so I, I think that's something that folks don't have to worry about. But also, what does it mean to be a Wrigleyville? Uh, Wrigleyville is a very financially productive, active, vibrant community. Uh, to me, that's that doesn't sound like the the worst thing in the world. Specifically with impacts in the eighth ward, my hope is that um, twofold that more folks in my community are able to access uh, employment opportunities from uh, both the construction and once it's constructed, uh, the operation of the new field. Two, I'm envisioning a day where, um, you know, folks feel comfortable uh, taking the train, the CTA or Metro uh, CTA from Central Street up to Howard Street and enjoying the business district there. And so I would hope that, you know, in the, in the future that uh, more folks make that trek from North Evanston to South Evanston to uh, frequent the businesses there. Folks are uh, are, are wanting to see the, the stadium utilized. We've, we've had the Northwestern folks come to a ward meeting. Dave Davis, who's the community uh, outreach uh, director, community development director. And, um, yeah, again, nothing, I guess nothing specific, but generally folks on this end of town, quite far from the stadium, are quite supportive of, uh, and quite interested in the project. Councilmember Reed. Aye. With four voting in favor and four voting against, there is a tie. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to be resistant to like landing in a spot right now. I don't feel like I have the information to do that. And I just think that would be irresponsible. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. If you're, if all you are is a restaurant that wants more tourists in town, how about a thousand concerts? All you are is a neighbor doesn't want noise. How about zero concerts? You know, all those points of view are legitimate. Like there are people aren't making stuff up. They're like, they're, They've got legitimate preferences based on their own set of priorities, and our job as elected officials is to try to balance all of that to get to the best sort of broader community that we can. Um, and I, I understand there's some people. If if your take on this is this is just terrible, period, then you kind of annoyed the city isn't just saying no. If your take on this is this is just great, period, then you're kind of annoyed the city isn't just saying yes. And that's what we're doing, and I, I understand it's not going to make everybody happy, but I think ultimately it's the right way to get to a responsible, thoughtful decision that is the best for the largest number of people. Reflecting on the passion that grew about this great university and being a part of it. So everything that's really been good in our lives started at Northwestern. It's about the development of the finest features of our body and soul. It's about lifting us up as a group. Our student athletes, they're top notch and they deserve to play in the best facilities. So we're proud to have our name on it. This has been a journey. 
We are not at the destination. As mayor, I break the tie by voting yes, with five voting in favor and four voting against the motion carries, and Ordinance 107-0-23, as amended, is passed. Ryan Field will host concerts. Field of Broken Dreams is a podcast from the Evanstonian, student newspaper at Evanston Township High School, with executive editors Jillian Denlow, Claire Gustafson, and Sophia Sherman. The Field of Broken Dreams is reported and produced by me, Mac Jones, with help from Isaac Suarez Flint. Our theme music is by Sam Purcell. The final mix of this episode was done by me. We maybe have one more episode coming. You'll be able to find it on our website, evanstonian.net, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find more stories about Northwestern and other events pertaining to Evanston there, too. Again, it's evanstonian.net. Special thanks to everyone interviewed, the Evanston City Council, and Northwestern University.